Welcome to episode 32 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. And today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We have two separate rookie mock drafts, running backs that we did with Jared Fox from the Dynasty Refinery and wide receivers that we did with Izzy Alcafaz from the Dynasty Trade Calculator. We tried to do this just so you can see the 2019, 2020, and 2021 class and how they all stack up against each other. So I hope you enjoy both of these mock drafts. You know, a little bit of fun, a little bit of insight, and really just gives you an idea of where these 2021 rookie class compares to the last two years. So enjoy. What we're doing is we're kind of giving you a preview of what we're going to be doing for our Patreon when it kicks off here. Another short episode for your midweek. And the exercise for today is we're going to take the 2019, the 2020, and the 2021 rookie class of wide receivers, and we're going to break them down, and we're going to do a rookie mock draft with hosts as usual, my man John, my man Mung, and our, our guest, the Pharaoh Fantasy himself, Izzy Alcafaz. So you guys ready to jump in and just have a little bit of fun? Let's do it. Roll. All right. So before we start, you know, that hopefully this draft has some some twists and turns. My day started out with a twist and turn of running over a deer. So let's try to make this one, you know, it's been a, a kind of an interesting day, ups and downs, but I'm excited to get this draft going. I was super excited to, you know, have our last episode, episode 28, to talk about the, you know, the wide receiver landscape that's changed so much. And a lot of these are these 2019, 2020 and rookies where they were with wide receivers. Now what we want to see is what these 2021s look like. So um, we had a little bit of a you know talk backstage. Izzy's going to start us out with a 101 of all wide receivers from these three classes. And then we're going to kick over to Mung, John, and then myself. All right, sweet. Um, you know, we, we touched a little bit about this, uh, this guy. Um, Justin Jefferson's got to be the pick. Uh, he's on pace. If you take his 14 games that he started, he averaged 100 yards a game. To 1600 yard receiver uh, at age 21, it's uh, it's hard to pass on him here. I think you can make a case for another guy, AJ Brown, but I'll go Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I feel like that's that's definitely the pick there. Um, Mung, who are you going with in the second spot? Yeah, the, uh, AJ Brown is the easy pick here. Um, we've seen it from him for two years in a row now, and that's with Tennessee really going with a run heavy scheme. If they do start to pass more, we've seen that Tannehill's been incredibly efficient with his passing, and I think the sky is still the limit for A.J. Brown. We may not have yet seen his full potential just yet, and we just found out today that you know he was playing 2020 with injuries. Uh, he's getting surgery on both knees, but he somehow gutted it out, was still a wide receiver too. So A.J. Brown's the pick for me. All right, we're all the way up to 103 already. Who are you taking here? Don't don't take my guy, John. It's been a rough day. One of three. I'm sorry I have to do this to you, Mike, but I'm going to smash on DK. I, I like I like being positioned here as three because actually across these three classes, I would have a tear break here uh, after these three guys. Yep. I do actually agree for those with those first two picks, but DK is still 23, still perhaps the best big play deep threat in the league. 
and is still sharpening his game. He's he's gonna continue to be just about every DB in the league. You know, I'm kind of monitoring the situation. They they said they want to run a little bit more there, but he's going to continue to be a big, big part of that offense. So I love getting DK here. At the four spot, I'm going to have to go with the guy that I'm trying to pick up everywhere. You know, I mean, the Justin Jefferson hype is fantastic. I love CD Lamb. I think CD Lamb, you know, when, when Dak Prescott was playing, CD Lamb was the wide receiver 11, you know, and we're talking about right out the gate, weeks one through five. And, you know, he was doing it. Mixing in targets there, but he just looked the part of an absolute alpha wide receiver. You know, I mean, I love Amari Cooper. He has his ups and downs. Gallup's a nice player. But CeeDee Lamb, if you extrapolate what he did over those first couple games, and I know it's a small sample size, but we're looking at potentially 1,300-yard season as a rookie. And that's what Jefferson did. I think CeeDee Lamb has that same talent. He was my wide receiver one coming into this class, and I'm I'm not moving off that at all. I'm buying if anybody's selling. You know, and I find, like – you said that there's that tier break there, and I feel like he has that talent level to get into that next tier. And I'm gonna I'm gonna break the seal here a little bit, and I'm actually gonna put Jamar Chase at my five. And I know that's gonna blow some people's blow some people's mind there. And I saw Izzy's reaction, and we talked about that in the last podcast before the landing spot. And I know it might be a little bit hot takeish at this point, but before we know his landing spot, what we've seen from him in college, he looks like another alpha type wide receiver. I'm excited for what he does in the league. And ultimately there was a lot of guys there to choose from a lot of guys who, who flashed as a rookies guys who had, you know, solid. Now that I'm like rethinking this almost, there's a guy from 2019. I wanted to go with there, but I'm all in on Jamar chase. I can't change my pick. Go back to you, John. All right. Did you guys just see that though? That's, that's what we call rookie fever. And, and Mike is just caught it. Uh, but actually, I, I respect it. In, in non-superflex, I think you, you consider Jamar Chase at 101 in, in one QB rookie drafts. And again, if you, if you kind of look at the stats and you look at some of the film, he did look about as good or better as than Justin Jefferson in the same offense. And so I think we're going to hear a lot about that in the offseason. For me here, I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin. Really excited about it. Uh, that might have been your guy there, Mike. But, that, was, uh, that was my guy. And I think I was – referencing back to having Matt Hicks on two weeks ago, you know, where yeah. he was really hyping him up at how much he was saying where in the last five draft classes, he had it lamb as the, the top prospect and CD Lamb, or, and then Jamar chase was that second one. So I was trying to tie those guys together. I'm going to blame that on Matt Hicks. He got, yeah. The- and remember what's happening with F1 here. Is he's very, very likely to get a, a much, much better QB, much better overall situation there. And it could still, so, I mean, the offense is going to be moving the ball a lot better potentially get more um, targets overall, more red zone targets, big plays. So very excited to get him here. Yeah, the tricky part there, right, is like I was debating between those, and we're talking about if you're in a one-quarterback league, I mean, would you want the 101 or Terry McLaurin? What has more value on the calculator right now, Is he? Yeah. Oh, you're on mute. Mute. Yeah, um, the the 101 in one-quarterback league, uh, Terry McLaurin is higher. Okay. Do I've in the in Superflex with the Trevor Lawrence hype? I mean, I I just did a startup. He went one oh six. Yeah. The the hype is unreal. I mean, what kind of value are we looking at on the calculator right now? Uh, for the one oh one in, I can tell you actually. Let's see. Uh, I believe it's in the. So I can. We have a startup calculator, so I can just put it in. 
Yeah, Izzy, I actually have it pulled up. I think you guys have the 101 in Superflex uh, ranked or rated as 45.8 in value. Mm-hmm. And then just to give some background here, I actually pulled up some wide receivers we talked about from the last episode. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 45.4, so just behind Lawrence. Uh, Tyree Kill, 45.8, so exactly equal to Lawrence. And then Adams, uh, we have at 46.1, slightly ahead. DK Metcalf, 45.2, so just slightly behind. And A.J. Brown, 45.3 in that same area. Yeah, that's about right. I think if he's going – I think he's in a – in Superflex leagues, he's going to go in the first round in just about every single league where I don't think the receivers are as guaranteed to go in the first round in every single league. Yeah, Superflex has been really controlled by quarterbacks and the ones that I've been seeing. Sorry on that little tangent there, but let's let's keep going here, Mung. We just had Terry McLaurin go. Where's your next pick? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. This uh, mock draft has kind of gone exactly how my rankings are right now, which is Jefferson, Brown, Metcalf, Lamb, Chase, McLaurin. And the next guy for me is T. Higgins. Uh, He had a slow start to the year, but we saw him really get fired up with Joe Burrow as that offense got better and more integrated. And then, of course, they lost Burrow before, you know, they could really get on the same page. And we saw his stats really kind of flounder. And for that reason, I still think that Higgins is undervalued right now by a lot of people, but he's right up there with in that tier with McLaurin for me. Love it. Izzy, you get a double tap here. All right. Um, I think this is relatively easy. I don't think I'm missing anybody that you guys um, haven't picked. Uh, my two would be uh, Deontay Johnson and Brandon Ayuk. And I feel really good about both those guys. So I'm happy with I'm, – I'm glad I didn't have to pick one over the other, so I'll take them both. Yeah, I thought for sure you were taking Deontay there. We're hearing mixed between Brandon Ayuk, you know, as far as with Kittle coming back and, and losing some targets. What we saw from him as a rookie, though, was fantastic. Yeah, and I, I feel like that offense, um, it has room to grow into more of a pass passing offense. I mean, they're so run heavy and they're just so gimmicky and all of that. I can see, and I think a lot of it has to do with they haven't really had that great of a quarterback. I've never been a Jimmy Garoppolo believer. Um, I was on, I was on the Nick Mullins ain't any worse than Jimmy Garoppolo um, uh, bandwagon. And honestly, maybe Jimmy is is better than Nick Mullins, but it's marginal. <laughs> like you know, so I feel like if they ever get a quarterback, that could be a really nice offense. I don't see Debo Samuel being the wide receiver one there. So I think it's the IU can Kittle. Um, show moving forward and i think there's enough for both of them to eat in that offense and i'm a really big fan of Ayuk's talent he was actually uh i had predicted that um he even win in that offense i had said that he would be the um the wide receiver one out of the rookies from a fantasy football points perspective and i think in a points per game i believe he was second um behind justin jefferson so i i'm a big fan of his talent yeah, thank you for breaking that down it's been a, a lot of questions on brandon Ayuk lately you know what i mean and and i found like the community is pretty torn on as far as if they're believing it's going to excel or he's going to stay in that same area. So I appreciate that. Mung. Yeah. And like Higgins, uh, this next guy that I'm taking here is someone who we saw flashes of in 2020, but really didn't get to see him get a ton of play time and put together a full season. And that's Michael Pittman. Uh, we've forgotten about him uh, in large part because Indianapolis was quite run heavy at times and they used, Guys like T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal and their tight ends a lot, but 
T.Y. Hilton's a pending free agent. Uh, they really don't have anyone else out there. The quarterback situation is in flux going into next season, but I think Pittman can become that clear number one receiver for the Colts. Go ahead, John. Take my guy. There's an emergency at Monk's house, huh? Well, I was going to say, like, sound the alarms because I can't believe I just stole Jerry Judy here. Ah, I knew you were doing it. Yeah. Um, I really still believe in, in Judy. Um, he's, in my opinion, he's made for the NFL. He, his route running. I think that there's a lot more that we're going to see out of the Denver offense. Hopefully they, they have some stuff to figure out. I think even Locke right now, they're even talking about, do they kind of move on from him? Uh, we saw what he could do with that. I believe it was like a 92 yard touchdown that he had there in, in the, towards down the stretch. And so he, he actually does have the big playability too. I think he, he's, um, has a really bright future. So that yeah, definitely going with him there. Yeah, I like that. I'm trying to look at value here. And so who, who's the? So we've gone through twelve, right? Is that twelve? Yep. So who are the twelve? Can we rattle them off again, just so we're on the same page? Yeah, we had with the one we had Jefferson, two was Brown, three was Metcalf, four Lamb, five Chase, then McLaurin was six. Mung, who do you have at seven? I was Higgins at seven. Higgins at eight, then Deontay Johnson and Ayuk. Are you- Eight and nine, and then we had Pittman, and then oh no, this this would be, at eleven was Judy, and at twelve, I'm actually gonna uh, continue with the rookie fever just because I wrote, know right now this guy's going in the 105. The 105 is more valuable than any of the other wide receivers in this current spot, so I'm gonna go with Devonta Smith. Um, you know, there's obviously gonna be some some worries about the late breakout age, the you know the smaller frame, but he's definitely gonna be a first round wide receiver in the NFL draft. And in the right situation, I think he could be, you know, a nice steal. And then the guy who I was, I did not get into any of my drafts, you know, and a guy that I, I really have come around on is Chase Claypool. Um, Chase Claypool had a fantastic rookie season, you know, over 60 receptions, 800 yards. A lot of the stuff that, you know, we're talking about Juju's leaving there for a lot of the reasons why Izzy said Deontay Johnson's been getting the targets. Chase Claypool has a serious chance for an uptick in targets as well. And what he did, I know, you know, a lot of people don't believe in the efficiency of what he did, but I think he could have a nice sophomore season as well. So we'll move to 202. Well, everybody do one more here. Okay. All right. At this point, look, I got to jump into the rookie fever too. I'm going to take Jalen Waddle right here out of Bama. I can't let you take all the rookies here, Mike. <laughs> Big, I, I really love watching Waddle. It's too bad that we couldn't have watched him have a full healthy season. He, uh, I think by the time that the draft rolls around, I'm not worried about the injury. I think that he's possibly being undervalued because of just not seeing him, recency bias, and in the injury. He's going to get past that. You're gonna, we're going to watch this kid run like close to a, like a 4-3. Uh, I guess we may not get a pro day, but that is that is what this guy is capable of doing. He's hitting, He can hit the big play. He can run the routes. And he, he is uh, just – lightning in a bottle that guy he can juke people out of their shoes so i, I actually kind of like adding him here yeah i think out of the two alabama wide receivers i mean he was the guy that was going to be you know projected as a higher ceiling going into the season and i feel like in rookie jf smith's going to be taken earlier but waddle could be a much better value a little bit later Mung. yeah and i think this will be another debate all off season uh is rashad bateman versus jalen waddle and for me, I love Bateman. Um, we've seen that he can catch pretty much anything that comes his way. 
he kind of reminds me of kind of a faster, shiftier Jarvis Landry. And I think Jarvis Landry is already a very good wide receiver. So Bateman, for me, is an excellent prospect who has a ton of potential in the NFL. Oh, I was I was hoping you went with Rager there, Mung. You know, I mean, you were holding that Rager. He's still up there for me, for but all year long, you know, and that's why I'm more of a Travis Fulgham guy. No, <laughs> they harass me about that every week, you know, because I was on the Fulgham Forever bandwagon there for that four week stretch. Izzy, take us home. Yeah, I guess I guess Knight, my guy Bateman. Um, you know, I I think it's funny um, when I think of Bateman, I think of. Um, uh, an Adam Thielen type um, player. You, you might not. It's it's always weird when you comp a, a black player to a white player. Um, but I, I feel like I feel like he just reminds me a lot of Adam Thielen. I don't know if he'll run. Adam Thielen runs a lot faster than he he plays slower than his forty time indicates. And I feel like Bateman plays a little bit faster than his forty time indicates. I think Bateman's gonna be a four or five guy. We know Thielen's a four four guy. I think Bateman's gonna gonna be very similar to Adam Thielen in in, in, in the way he plays. Uh so I love that pick for for Munga. I, I was hoping that he'd fall to me, but he didn't. So now I'm trading down. So you're I saying don't... he's scrappy, right? <laughs> What's that? So you're saying Bateman is scrappy. He's scrappy yeah he's scrappy. He just here's the thing with Bateman there is nothing he does poorly. Like I don't. The only thing that you can say with Bateman is, does he have the long speed to to dominate in the NFL? Like you need to be as a wide receiver one. Something that Jamar Chase does really well, despite him probably being a high four four, you know, low four five guy. But he plays. But Bateman's really good in 50-50 situations. I think that everybody's overlooking Rashad Bateman. You can look at every single prospect and you can highlight a con to their game or some sort of downside to their game or some sort of red flag um, with Jamar chase. He's pretty safe as well in terms of there's really nothing that stands out that he does poorly. His release off the line isn't as good as people make it out to be, or at least we're overlooking. He wins deep a lot more than, um, you know, he does in any other part of the field. He's just, if you watch a majority of his highlights, majority of his touchdowns, majority of his production is over the top. Um, where Bateman is not that type of player. Um, he's a guy that wins all over the field. So I think Bateman, I, I struggle to find a red flag with Bateman outside of just him not being not playing this year uh, all that much. So I think he only played the, what, the how many games did he play, Mung? Do you, do you remember? Mm, no. no. But, but regardless, I, I think Bateman is, God, I, I just love his game. So, yeah, that would have been my pick. Uh, so I'm trading down here. Trading out of the spot. Um, hey, Izzy, yeah. the, uh, not to get too sidetracked, but uh, talking about Minnesota, what do you think about Tyler Johnson? You know, I actually, he was a guy that I picked up in a lot of. I wasn't, I was very anti Tyler Johnson when he was being mocked in the first round of rookie drafts. And then as we got closer and closer to the actual NFL draft, and then when he didn't get invited to the uh, senior bowl, and then he started losing a lot of steam in the January to, to April window. And then the NFL draft rolled around and he just started plummeting. And that's when I picked him up. You know, his decline in the rookie drafts from where he was mocked to where he ended up going was very similar to Calvin Harmon in 2019. Um, yeah. Just a guy that everybody had in the top six, top seven, um, and then started to lose steam and then completely fell out of the top two rounds. 
Uh, but I, I think Tyler Johnson is a great buy. And the reason why he's a great buy is name recognition. People remember Tyler Johnson being a first-round you know, type player come rookie drafts. So if he pops off, it's not like he's popping off and his name is, you know, um, who's a guy that uh, – Arcega Whiteside. Arce- yeah, even Arcega Whiteside was – yeah, but now he's like a couple years removed. But Tyler Johnson's name recognition still gives us – you know, a little bit more of, okay, he's legitimate because we remember him being legitimate. So I think he's a really smart, safe buy because he doesn't cost anything and his upside's great. And he's, I think he's a really good football player. Um, and I think Bateman's significantly better than Tyler Johnson, in my opinion. But I, th- I thought they were both great players at Minnesota. Um, Tyler Johnson is not my pick here. Uh, however, and I, I get, I'm really torn, man. There's a lot of options that I think are, they're just so similar, you know. You know, you can go Debo here. I think Campbell is actually a really sneaky pick uh, for a lot of the reasons, a couple of reasons that um, that Mung mentioned. Paris Campbell actually had a really good start uh, before he getting before getting hurt. He kind of showed the glimpses of, okay, he could be legitimate. Um, yeah, I think Denzel Mims potentially with a new quarterback could be nice, or at least a new offense. I think Sam Darnold's pretty underrated. I think uh, he kind of got a bad, uh, bad situation there. But I, I guess if I'm – and I'm – my number one buy is Gabe Davis. So I kind of want to take him here, but I feel like it's too early. Um, it comes down to Visca or, or Gabe Davis. Cause I, I like Visca with, uh, with the hype that he's going to get with Trevor Lawrence. But if I'm taking one player and their production, I, I really think Gabe Davis is legitimate. He lined up all over the field last year as a rookie. Um, he was behind, even when John Brown and Cole Beasley was healthy, he was still finding a 50% snap share in that offense. Uh, so I love the way that they utilized Gabe Davis. I love the way that he played as a rookie, considering that we viewed him only as a deep threat, and he did a lot more than that in his rookie season, being tied to, to um, Josh Allen and the fact that Stephon Diggs is going to take a lot of the the um, the coverage next year. I think Gabe Davis is, is prime for a breakout next year, so I'll slot him in at, at 16 here. I love that. Izzy, thank you so much for for doing both these episodes with us. We really appreciate it. The one thing I'm going to dive more into Rashad Bateman. You know, we had Matt Hicks on. He was he was bringing up guys that we were just totally enamored with about what he was talking about and and some of some deeper dives. Um, aside from Bateman, do you have a guy? I'm asking all of our our guests that they're coming on. You know, during rookie season, who could go in that third round? You know, late second, early third round, maybe even later. That could be like this year's Antonio Gibson or the next, you know, guy that we're not expecting that could really pop off. Yeah, I haven't I haven't dug into um the entire landscape yet. So I've only gotten through about six wide receivers and four running backs. I kind of start at the top and move down. So I haven't gotten to the point where I'm saying like this is my guy and I'm gonna get him a lot in the third round. Um so I'm not there yet. I usually try to get there by end of February. I try to be as extensive as possible with every player. I don't like, I like going through one player at a time and just being done with one player at a time. I don't like jumping. So it'll take me a while to get to that third round. Um, You know, so it'll be a while. So I can't give you an answer right now on who that guy would be for me. No, I like that. I I respect that. And, you know, taking your time and doing it obviously that he's all about just those rookies so taking them in and breaking them down each year i mean that that's fantastic so who did uh who did hicks say uh oh geez i actually have to go back and john he, do you remember who it was? yeah he was well the guy that we haven't touched on yet that he was big on was terrace marshall no but he had a deep dive guy that we were like 
Uh, yeah. Um, I got to go back. He, and look it it was Jadavian Hawkins at running back was the was the deep running back sleeper that he threw out there. He was yep. really big on Jadavian Hawkins. Yeah, not, so, a, not a bad one. Thanks again, Izzy. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? And yep. Yeah, at uh, at DTC underscore Izzy E. Um, you can find me at the podcast uh, at DynastyTradeCalculator.com. And the podcast is called the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast. The most unoriginal shit you ever heard in your life, but <laughs> it's easy. Mung, how about you? Yeah, you know, you guys can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And just real quick, I'll echo the Davis love. And a guy that we didn't really talk about is Darnell Mooney, who I'm pretty high on too. So just keep him in mind this offseason. Yeah, and hey again, everyone. John at Dynasty underscore Trades. Izzy, thanks so much. I'm taking notes over here in all seriousness. A lot of great insights on both pods. I'll definitely be following your pod as well. And then I'll throw out one more uh, that I did write an article on today uh, with Rondale Moore. I definitely would uh, encourage you guys to go watch some film on him and do the research there. He, uh, he's he been a little bit out of sight, out of mind because of some injuries, but incredible prospect, incredible athlete. And I think that he could really pop and be an exciting NFL wide receiver for years to come. So check him out. Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Um, my name is, is Mike. You can find me on Twitter, Dynasty underscore Dad FF. And just keep tuning in and refine those rosters. Enjoy the process. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Not at all. A little bit. <laughs> Let's. Hold on a second. Let's uh Is that can you hear me? Yeah, now you're super loud. Yeah. This this happened last time too. I don't know why. I literally did didn't touch anything between cut, people, but all right. <laughs> I'll cut that out and I'll reintroduce you. Joining me as always is my co-host Mung. Why don't you introduce your like introduce yourself? We're starting this thing over again. <laughs> all right all right. all right we're like i'm just gonna cut that whole thing out for the eight people that are actually watching right now thank you so much we're gonna start over technical <laughs> issues yeah we're, we're, everybody has those and now we're down to like five now all right <clears throat> welcome to episode 32 of the smash except podcast i'm your host michael royer you can find me on twitter at dynasty underscore dad ff joining me as always is my co-host mung how's it going today Hey, how's it going? Uh, excited to be talking about some more running backs here. I got to say, so far, uh, I'm not as endeared with the 2021 class uh, as I was with 2020. So I would not go crazy thinking that all these guys are going to be, you know, top two round startup picks next year, just like some of these guys were. But uh, yeah, excited to talk about it. You guys can always find me on Twitter too for more stuff at FFA underscore Mung. That's M E N G. And that's why we're putting this stuff out there for you guys. I mean, in 2014, we had that amazing wide receiver class. And then in 2015, everybody wanted that to be the same thing, right? And now we have arguably the most special running back class we've had. I mean, 2017 was great, but 2020 was phenomenal. And we don't want you guys overreaching. So the purpose of tonight's podcast is to take 2019, 2020, and 2021, put them all together, put them in a little fun little mock. And when you're talking about fun mock drafts and you're talking about running backs, First guy that comes to my mind, maybe it's because we uh, live right down the street from each other and had our own podcast there for, you know, going on a year and a half. I want to introduce you, Jared Fox. How are you doing tonight? 
I'm doing pretty good, man. You know I'm around when we're talking running backs. (laughs) (laughs) You talk running backs and he kind of like pops up out of the woodworks, you know. I'm like a troll, man. I just pop my head out when I hear running backs. Wide receivers, he's out. He's like, whatever. I'll figure them out later. You get them when they're older. So what we did is we were going to do the top 15 guys at – between the three classes, we're going to post it on Twitter and let everybody vote on who they think the draft went the best. But we're going to do snake style draft. I got the 101 because, well, I'm sitting in the, the host chair. So I was like, I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor. So you guys can't. But Jared got the 102. Then Mung's got the 103 and four and wrap back. So what we're going to do is we're going to draft in order. We're going to talk to a little bit about each pick and kind of give you a little bit of insight on why we took that pick. Maybe some guys that we were debating in that range. At the 101, I was not debating anybody. He was the 101 in my rookie drafts. He was the guy that I've been, you know, telling you guys to smash, accept, and go out there and get. Unfortunately, I did trade in a few spots. But Jonathan Taylor looked the part of being a true bell cow RB1. I mean, Naheen Hines is going to be there for that passing role. But Jonathan Taylor's just scratching the surface. I mean, if you listen to our last podcast, Mung brought up a lot of great stats about how efficient he was as a wide receiver, his yards after the catch. And the offensive line wasn't as great as people thought. You know, it was great for pass blocking, but not as great for run blocking. So I feel like we're going to see a fantastic, phenomenal type running back. It reminds me a lot of the way Adrian Peterson was early on in his career, just busting through the lines. And I'm excited to see what he can do in year two. Jared, you got the 102 here. And uh, this is where it gets a little bit tricky because there's four or five, maybe even six guys that all fall in this range. Ultimately, who did you take? Yeah, it does get tricky. There's a lot of guys that are very close, but I went Clyde, man. And I guess some people may think that's a bit of a reach here, but he's still a guy that, I mean, just tied to Patrick Mahomes. Like, and we've been preaching, you know, since he got drafted by the Chiefs. It's it's going to be a good situation. He looked really good in the Super Bowl. He looked mean. He was delivering hits. I think he had seven-something yards a carry in the Super Bowl as well. I mean, he 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 just looked the part. I think he's going to come out angry next year and prove that he's ready to be that running back. He's he's going to be a PPR monster, just like we thought he would. It's just taken a little bit longer. I mean, Lev came in. I think they have Lev signed through next year. But, dude, I, I think he proved last year that he's just – he's sort of washed up a little bit. You know, we all wanted to believe that it was just him going to the Jets – that made him look bad, but he didn't do that much with the with the Chiefs. And I mean, that's the easiest offense to succeed is running back in. And they're gonna they're gonna hand him the reins here. And I think he's gonna be worth it. The 102 and I know you guys were battling over Clyde Edwards Hilaire here. And I, I think the thing for me right now is Patrick Mahomes is the most important part of that offense. And on third downs, when it comes to pass protection, which we know he was graded out really low coming out, it was it was Daryl Williams in there in the game. If he can put that part together in his game, I mean, he we all know he's a fantastic receiver. The amount of receptions he had at LSU with Joe Burrow, I mean, the, the sky is the limit if we can fix that part. And a lot of times, young running backs struggle with pass protection, and that was a thing for him, and that's why he didn't he wasn't that three-down back because they got a huge investment in Patrick Mahomes. You know, It's never going to be the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire show. It's always going to be the Patrick Mahomes show, but the more he can get trust, get into that offense, it's going to be exciting. Mung, he took your guy here, you know, or or maybe you guys flip flop because I thought for sure he was going to take the guy you took here at three. Yeah, uh, DeAndre Swift, I've got him right behind here, and we kind of talked about him in this last show, and he really just as a runner and a receiver, Swift was phenomenal in 2020. 
and looking at the depth chart, Adrian Peterson is likely gone. Carry uh, on Johnson is really mostly just a change of pace back at this point. And we talked about that all that targets, all the targets that are going to be wide open going into 2021 with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola, all free agents. Even if the offense suffers a little bit with Jared Goff there now, I think Swift is going to be utilized a ton, and especially as a receiver out of the backfield, which is what we want in PPR, right? Absolutely. You got the luck here of the draft, you know, as far as it, it it's a, a great tier here to be in, you know, it's almost like, do I choose the one, one, 101 or the 112 in startups? You got the 104 now. So let's start into that second round. Who's your next pick? Yeah, and I feel like we really didn't talk about Josh Jacobs much at all this year. Uh, and in our podcasts, uh, going over the last couple months, and then just in general, I feel like not a whole lot has been said on Twitter. And it's kind of surprising because he came out really hot in week one. He had a ton of receptions. We thought, you know, maybe John Gruden is finally making good on that promise to use Jacobs more as a receiver. But then after that, he really wasn't used much as a receiver. They still preferred bringing in those other guys. But all that being said, you know, even with all the offensive line injuries that the Raiders suffered this year, Josh Jacobs finished as the RB9 in PPR. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people are, you know, excited about these 2020 rookie running backs and rightfully so, but let's not forget about Josh Jacobs. Jared, you definitely haven't forgot about Josh Jacobs. That's your guy. We're looking at as, as a rookie fringe RB1 this year. You know, you said RB9 in in R, in points per carry, which in most of the leagues I play, RB8. I mean, he's right in that range. Have we forgot about Josh Jacobs? And would that have been your pick here, or would you have stuck with the guy you went with? Um, no, I definitely would have taken him here. I think for me personally, after Clyde, I would have taken Josh Jacobs and then probably Swift. So I just had, had – uh, those two guys flip-flop but you know they're both very close I think Josh Jacobs is great I think that it, it concerns me a little bit the how hard he runs he likes to deliver hits man I think he even got penalized or fined or something for a hit this year because he laid a guy out so bad and it's a little bit concerning when you see that because you know is he going to be able to stay healthy the amount that they're going to run the ball with him and the other concern I I saw with him was he had a hard time punching it in when they got close, you know, there's some running backs that I love to praise for that ability. Like David Montgomery's one. If you see them give the ball to David Montgomery within the 10 yard line, dude, he's putting it in like every time he finds a way. And I used to always praise uh, Melvin Gordon for that as well. He was one of those guys. Once you got in the red zone, he could just punch it in. Josh Jacobs hasn't had that same success. So, I mean, if he can turn that part of his game around and start scoring more touchdowns, he could be again, a top five RB here, but that's what he lacked this year was the touchdowns and hopefully he's able to stay healthy. But the guy you took didn't have a trouble with that. I mean, down the stretch, the guy you took at five here tore it up. Yeah. At number five, I had Cam Akers. And I mean, I I think that that's a great spot to land him. He's probably the most hype running back right now. And I think that he's going to live up to it. He looks the part. I mean, he's just great. I can't, I don't know. I, I can't say enough about the way that he surprised me because he's one of those guys that I actually sold on midseason in a league or two. I had him and I was just like, you know, I'm winning in these leagues. I need to flip him. I have to do it. And, you know, he proved me wrong. Some of these guys came on at the time when when you decided like to trade them. And it's like, oh, week yeah. nine on, they all went off. And, and the guy I'm going to take at six did as well. And I'm taking 
you know, if John was here, he would probably snipe him right in front of me, but I'm taking JK Dobbins. You know, I caught some flack on the last pod about that, but I think JK Dobbins has a phenomenal ceiling. I've said it before by the end of, you know, going into 2022 drafts, I believe he's going to be a top five running back. And what we saw from him, you know, one of just two guys to average over six yards per carry with a hundred touches. He has a phenomenal ceiling. I don't think we've seen the best of him from the receiving end. And I think JK Dobbins is, is about to blow up, you know, and I know we talked about Gus Edwards coming back, but I feel like that split, he got 36% of the carries this year, you know, 36% from Baltimore. If we can get that up around 50, 55, maybe even 60, I feel like we're going to see, like we said, last podcast, maybe a, you know, Mung, I know you said a back end RB one, you know, I could see in that RB eight range and I'd be very happy with that. And then it got a little bit tricky here, right? That was the end of our tier. And that was that was that tough tier to try to distinguish. And then there's another tier here of about five more guys where it just gets really tough to to differentiate. I mean, I, I debated, do I go with who I have as the 101B? I still have, you know, Jamar Chase is my 101A in a one-quarterback league. Najee Harris is B, depending on the landing spot. You know, if he goes to Atlanta, I – I'm all in. You know, there's a couple different landing spots here. I debated Gibson. I love him. Again, John would be getting in my ear, making sure I'd take him. But I ultimately took Miles Sanders because I think Miles Sanders, and I, I saw Mung's look of disappointment there, but I ultimately, Miles Sanders has been that guy who's been above 5.3 yards per carry both his seasons. He now gets the offensive coordinator from the Colts. And we saw, and Jared just timed out, but we saw what he was able to do you know, in the right situation. We saw what what the Colts were able to do with their run game. You know, they had the RB6 in Jonathan Taylor and the RB15 in Naheem Hines. So I think he kind of incorporates that offense to be a little bit more geared towards the running back. And what Miles Sanders did with Jalen Hurts was totally different than what he did with Carson Wentz. You know, he averaged, I believe, 17 points per game when Jalen Hurts was playing. So a lot more, you know, a lot more bang for your buck when you go to that. Jared did time out here, but I'm going to, you know, assess his pick for him. He went with Najee Harris, and maybe both of us can kind of tag team this year a little bit. Najee Harris was incredible this year for Alabama. Najee Harris has the look, and Matthew Hicks was saying that he believes he will be a three-down running back in this league because he he reminds me a lot of Steven Jackson, you know, and I, I feel like he's going to be that kind of running back, a powerful runner, someone who can punish, but he's got the agility to move around. And Jared's back. We were just starting your pick there. I was comparing Najee Harris a lot to Steven Hey, Jackson. don't take my pick. I love that pick. We were we were comparing him to Steven Jackson and how he's a, a punishing back, but he's super he he's agile. I mean, what that move that he made, you know, in the in the semifinal there, game there hurdling a linebacker oh. and taking care of business. He's exciting and if he goes to the Falcons or he goes to the right situation here, he could be a back-end first-round pick, maybe early second-round pick in the draft, giving him you know, obviously that one-on-one in one quarterback league value. Yeah, he could be a beast. And I'm holding off on, on valuing him completely till I see what team he goes to, because I think in the right situation, he's a guy you got to watch out for. I mean, he does remind you a lot of Steven Jackson. He's very dynamic, but he's very large body. And he's what, again, one of those guys you look at like, Dude, he could be a total three down back. And he's the only one, I think, coming out this year. Etienne, I love him. He's got he's got speed and stuff. He's got, you know, highlights about him. But Najee Harris is really the only one in the same tier as a lot of these run, running backs from 2020 that came out that we love so much, like Akers and, you know, he's, JT. 
He's also the oldest running back we've drafted so far. Yeah. That's the crazy yeah. thing is is Taylor and and Clyde Edwards. Hilaire, Taylor's 22. Edwards Hilaire is 21. Swift's 22. I believe Jacobs is still 22. Dobbins is 22. Sanders is 23. And Harris is actually older. He's the oldest guy we've drafted. And he's a rookie. So something to keep in mind. I mean, obviously, we talk a lot about age, and that's more of a wide receiver thing. Like if there's a guy who's, you know, one more year seasoned into the NFL – um, running backs is a little bit different, but it's just ironic that where he's at right now, uh, two guys that kind of were surprises here coming into the season. Mung, you get some great value here at one nine and one ten. Yeah. And at one nine, I took Antonio Gibson because he really blossomed, uh, in his rookie year, we were very concerned with how few rushes he actually had in college. Um, but he's embraced that running back position and, athletically he comps really well to Jonathan Taylor and I do think that he has a similar ceiling as a three down back we know that JD McKissick is there stealing some of that PPR volume but we we see that Gibson can handle that work it's just whether or not Washington is going to choose to give it to him and then with James Robinson of course the guy who took the league by storm especially fantasy leagues given his draft capital or lack thereof uh, again, we talked about this a little bit on the last show where we expect the Jaguars to add some running back depth, whether that's a free agent signing or drafting someone from this 2021 class. But, you know, Robinson has shown enough that he's still going to stay the lead back in this backfield. And he played well enough, including as a runner and as a receiver, that, you know, he should be able to maintain that fantasy production heading into next season. Somebody who did similar type things there down the stretch is the guy that Jared goes here. He actually finished as the RB four this season. And I don't think people are, are understanding that, you know, what kind of value we got a phone call here. What kind of value that David Montgomery here is at this point in the draft, Jared? Yeah, I think David Montgomery showed at the, you know, back half of the last year that he is the kind of running back. And we thought he could be running coming out that he is a, beast basically i mean the dude uh i don't even know of all the running backs that you could have had in the playoffs and trying to make the playoffs at the end there in fantasy i think that he was the most valuable you know he just he came in so so big against you mike <laughs> in that league i made a trade for him like like what was that week uh week 12 maybe or something it was pretty well, late let, but let's talk david montgomery trades here because mung we're doing a have you ever co-managed a team no, I don't oh, think uh, I don't think my personality would lend itself well we, to that. So, the, long story short, we co-managed a team. We were playing with Ball Blast and Hot Take Frank and a bunch of people, and the league ended up folding after the draft, anyways. But we did a, a trade, and I'm like it's points per carry, and I ha we had Kittle, and we just drafted David Montgomery, and at the time, now this would have been two years ago. We traded those two for Zeke and, and and Austin Hooper. And I was like, yo, Jared, we should do this trade. And, like, Jared's a SEAL coder. So he's doing – he's working out there, you know, sweating his butt off. And I keep texting him. He's not responding. I'm like – and Frank's bothering me. He's like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm like, all right, let's do it. I don't think Jared talked to me for, like, two weeks. He was so pissed about David Montgomery. And then David Montgomery's rookie year, I was like, all right, it was good we made that move. He was, he was not there. And this year – he flashed, you know, and I know Dave Kluge, who's on there doing great things at Fantasy Intervention, you know, he comes on here from time to time, really was talking about how Tariq Cohen really opened the doors because David Montgomery actually ran the most routes this year, you know, and that was surprising. 
And if Tariq Cohen does get traded to the Eagles, that changes my Miles Sanders pick because there's a lot of rumor there with the Carson Wentz trade with the Bears. If that happens, you know, Miles Sanders' value goes back or goes down. David Montgomery's value gets that kick back up. But um, I ended up taking our second rookie off the board here. And I think Travis Etienne, if he came out last year, has more value than he coming out this year. And I, I, last year we were debating having him in that top three, you know, out of that class. He didn't really do anything that was like really killed his stock, but it just, he's not as flashy. You know, he didn't have as many splash plays, but the guy is incredible home run hitter. Once he gets through that first line, if he hits that hole, you're not catching him. I mean, he is going to test out great at the combine. His speed is phenomenal. Um, you know, he showed a, a couple of things here that give us a little bit of concern here, but at the 112, and in most one quarterback leagues, you know, you're going to have to debate after you take Chase and you take Harris, you're going to have to debate between Smith and Etienne and possibly another running back we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Right now, the next guy, and I'm glad I didn't have to make the choice between these two guys because I, I, I'm not 100% sure I would have went, but I went A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon is going to have a great year this year. I'm excited to see what he can do if Aaron Jones and if and when he leaves, A.J. Dillon could be a feature back and could be exciting there. All right, two more picks. Jared, I think you're right. Randy Moss. Yeah, I went with the lesser Moss on this one. But, yeah, no, I went Zach Moss with the 15th overall. And it was just – it was kind of a toss-up here for me. It's a huge drop-off. This is the spot where you're just like, damn it, you know, you just miss A.J. Dillon, who I love. And uh, so we, we talk about making tears here. You, you yeah. would have traded up, you know, because yes. the rest of the guys left, we're looking at Henderson, Singletary – Harris, you know, DJ Dallas. And then there's some guys from this class, you know, obviously Chuba Hubbard and Stevenson, Gainwell, you know, Hill, Carter. There's a lot of guys, but we haven't quite seen it yet. Yeah, that's the thing with this year's uh, running back class. I haven't looked enough into a lot of these guys. And, you know, I don't know how competition was sweet because of COVID. You know, some guys didn't even play all the games and stuff. And some guys didn't even play. It's it's going to be a little bit tougher. I, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's some running backs I'll get a little bit higher on. From this class, I went with the safe pick here that I, you know, knew actually <laughs> was able to see play Zach Moss. But yeah, I'm there's, sure there's some running backs that I'll like above Zach Moss out of this class once I dive in a little bit more. Like this next guy that Mung's going to hit you up here with a little bit. Yeah, and uh, I thought that Javante Williams falling this far was quite honestly a steal. Um, I would take him above Moss. I would take him above Etienne. Uh, above David Montgomery, too. I've got him around that James Robinson, A.J. Dillon territory, and he's just so good. I mean, I've only started looking into the 2021 rookies, but already, you know, he's elusive, but he then he powers through people, but then he has the speed where, you know, one cut and then he's gone. Uh, was just a touchdown machine. He had that one game where he scored four touchdowns in the first half, and I actually think that Harris and Williams are the two potentially true three down backs in this 2021 class of what I've seen so far. Um, so I think the sky's the limit here for Williams, depending on where he goes. Um, super exciting prospect. And I love grabbing him. Yeah. Williams is, is jumping up draft boards. I mean, I know there was a point we were talking about second pick. Hey Melody, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> she comes down mad at me. She's like, you woke me up. She's like, you better get up here. Well, that is actually the end there. Melody's usually the one that just kind of puts the chime in. It's time to go. Uh, thanks for tuning in for this mini podcast. We're going to mesh this with our mini pod. We did a 
of wide receivers, similar thing with Izzy Alcafez. So thank you so much, guys, for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, tune in to Smash Accept and enjoy the process.